0: I'm John from Game Life Balance US, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky
1: podcasts at gunnageeknetwork.com, and get ready, because geekiness commences in three, two, one. Hi, I'm Ryan Dombrowski of game development studio Doombrowski. And I'm game dev YouTuber Nathan the Ninja Fat Man. And together we are... Doom Ninja.
0: Ninja, a podcast about all things gaming—from streaming to development, new games and old triple A to indie games—and
1: emerging from the butthole thing.
0: It's news time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's part of the segment. Good lord! This is part of the show where we talk about some news going on. First off, Marvel, Marvel. No, whoa, don't whoa, they whoa! Make, uh... No, Marvel is a separate character in a different universe and has been subject to some copyright laws. So let's not uh, go the ahead. What the hell is Marvel? We'll explain Marvel to me now. I don't know what that is. There is Marvel, and then Captain Marvel, which is spelled exactly the same, maybe an extra L, is a comic book character, and there was some shenanigans over. Does, you know, putting the emphasis on the other syllable make it really that much different? It sounds stupid to me. It is stupid. <laughs> uh, so yeah. But Marvel, uh, they got bought out by Disney. When Disney bought out Marvel, they bought out, uh, a really close Star Wars franchise, Lucas's kind of empire. And they retracted a lot of things. So, like, uh, a lot of the books, a lot of the video games across the board kind of got stopped. Some mid project things got stopped. Uh, I think it was Disney trying to, Figure out what they had. Well, they had a guy saying one of their main guys. Who's? Um, forgive me, his name. I forgot to write it down. Uh, Steve Peterson. No, it was something Yasha Hira or something.
1: But he goes by Steve Peterson. He goes by Steve Peterson.
0: <laughs> um, they're going to be leveraging their existing relationships with like Square Enix and Combam Games uh, to have some games come out this uh, by starting the end of this year. They want to start leveraging the movies, the TV shows, and Netflix and start connecting those universes, including the games. So the games will actually have lore that relates
1: to the Marvel universe. So is it going to be like that... uh, Wasn't there a game that came out that had a TV show that was connected to it? Defiance. It's actually one of our Gunna Geek uh,
0: Brothers podcasts. They have a Defiance show. Uh, The show's over, but yeah, I had a game to go with. I actually played the game and watched the show. And there was, it was pretty cool tie-ins. It wasn't as cool as they made it seem before launch, but it was still neat to see characters. And then there was a few times where results of some of the PVP slash PVE stuff in the game affected the show. How does that work? They basically had, there was like a score system, and whoever had the score kind of, the
1: writers wrote two branches. Oh, uh, so they probably like pre-did both versions and then whatever version happened, they're like, yeah, <laughs> air this one. That makes sense. Um
0: So they're gonna be bringing out a lot more games, they said. Um end of the year they start releasing more details, which is kinda surprising. E3. If you don't know what E3 is, it's the basically the Super Bowl of video game press. It's uh, every major manufacturer, every developer releases what's going on. You'll have Microsoft, you'll have Sony doing the console stuff, but then you'll have EA and all the other. And you'll even have some of the indie games make a splash. Um, Super Meat Boy actually made a huge splash at E3. Um, talking about some other things they're making. And then um, one of the thing that they said, which I have said I thought was going to die off, was actually they have a lot of interest in VR application as it, as it concerns to gaming.
1: It's so hard to figure out what's going on with that. <laughs> like <laughs> we, we've been just sh- we've been to multiple
0: shows, yeah, expos. Whatever you want to call them, vendor shows where it's people showing off
1: games, right? Because we've we have
0: successfully award-winning game. Oh, yeah, I forgot
1: about that. Yeah. I, need to, I need to move that thing more frontal on my desk. Yeah, give me a little more motivated in the morning. Um, <laughs>
0: won- you have won an award for your game. We've showed off, and response got
1: a lot of great
0: um, feedback. That's where you debuted. Was at one of those. Um, Suburban Scavengers has been generally loved every place we've ever taken it. And there's always VR. But for me, most of it's been kind of hokey. Yeah. Like, so when you go see a 3D movie and they do the things just to, for the 3D, they have, like, you go see a kid's movie and someone throws a bouncy ball and it comes at the screen. It's that kind of shameless 3D effect. Yeah. We've seen a couple games, like, The skill it took to make the games and the dev side it took to make some of these is insane. Like, I couldn't even imagine what it would take to develop for an HTC Vive. But, like, there's a boxing game. They put a lot of effort into making this, like, boxing game fluid. But in the end, people just kind of literally went boom, 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 just swung as fast as they can with no technique or anything and just flailed. Right. And then there was a bow and arrow game. that was really cool, but it was still just the the feeling
1: was a little off so i I'm with you on the v R thing i don't it's gonna take a long time to get there because it already takes a ton of processing power just to like show it on there, and it's still not like hundred percent response or anything like that and I hear that like some people will start tilting at certain points because the sensors aren't you know hundred percent
0: yeah I, for the predestined experiences like the roller coasters is kind of neat they have or some uh they have like flyovers of very famous spots like they have a helicopter or plane did a flyby of like Stonehenge and went around it a couple times and up and down some of those watching videos with VR are neat but i i don't know i've yet to see a true implementation of a game but marvel says they want to throw some money at it i still feel like VR arcades
1: are like the the place it should be
0: yeah Didn't we coin that term? I think so. But I'm sorry. We think we We, we we coined it. (laughs) There's
1: probably some Morphic Resonance thing. Some other person said it some other side of the world and I'm like, oh yeah, it was me. Well, me. I mean, the thought
0: of like playing a Spider-Man game where you like are swinging and you kind of get the whole VR experience. Oh, I think I'm going to throw up just thinking about that. (laughs) (laughs) Or seriously, like playing um, Wolverine and you get to run through and you actually have the Vive controllers and you get to swipe with the claws and stuff. That could be kind of cool. Um, But... It would definitely need some
1: more development than we've seen. I almost feel like in a Marvel game, wasn't. No, I could have swore there was a, either a show or a, a comic series where you are a bystander. It's like following bystanders in the towns where the heroes live.
0: There's a TV show called uh, Powerless. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, about. yeah. It's a, we actually watch it. It's and I funny. think
1: that would be cool in, if they were taking these IPs and putting them in. Like, you're not being the characters, but you're experiencing the characters being around yeah. and maybe maybe you're peter parker's day job version not yeah. the spider-man but you're actually having to take pictures of him so how awesome would that be, be pokemon have cool snap v- vr in the marvel universe yeah that would be pretty awesome that would be pretty cool uh originalando on the
0: uh twitch stream said that he wants to get a rift or a vive but his main goal is for sim racing which oh, that definitely makes sense yeah that would be awesome that would I probably get motion sick though. Get I get those. motion sick playing uh, Forza. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: haven't played a racing game in a long time. I'd, I've never played a game like first person racing. I never was really into that. I played like Burnout Three. I think it was the last yeah racing you, game
0: I played. You played the crash mode probably. <laughs>
1: no, no, I played the full game. Oh, really? it was I see, fun. I really played like,
0: crash mode in Burnout.
1: Yeah, I played a ton of crash mode, but the race mode was actually really fun in that game too. Where you get extra points for knocking people off, and you get extra boost for like making them crash. That game was a lot of fun. Huh? How old is that game now? It's been a while. Like oh, I so played long. Burnout
0: 3 at Rev Comics. 15 years ago. If you remember man. how long ago Rev Comics yeah, was. It's been, it's been a while. <laughs> um, so next time, if you remember, we talked about some Chinese legislation. Do you recall?
1: Yeah, you're talking about uh, them having to show the, the percentages. Drop rates from loot boxes yeah. and
0: type stuff. So Blizzard uh, being a giant, giant, giant company that goes all over the world, um, has released those stats. So they actually, in compliance with the Chinese legislation, they said, okay, here it is, but they released it to everybody. They're like, hey, this is for everybody. There's no reason to be different from China than it would be in the U.S. Uh, so just for curious sake, so every loot crate gets a blue, no matter what, a mm-hmm. rare. Just take a stab at purple, how
1: often do you think? So I'm going to compare this to Hearthstone. So how many times per... Which is both Blizzard products. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So one purple... six to ten or something like that? So you get one purple
0: every five and a half loot boxes. Pretty much. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then what do you think the legendary is? Uh, For me? 30?
1: Uh, It's one out of every 13.5 loot boxes. Well, that means some people are getting one in every 6.5, because I'm getting one in every 30. (laughs) I remember when when um, Overwatch first came out, my
0: first three loot boxes had legendaries. I got legendary skins back to back to back and was freaking out. And then it, then the odds e- evened themselves well, out for like the next that 30. Up.
1: <laughs> that happened but, with me on a small roll in Hearthstone. I think in like 30 packs, I got three or four or five. I, I don't care. It was a ton. I got a bunch of them. Nice.
0: Uh, so that's interesting. We'll see what they do. They'll, they'll end up releasing it for their other games. So we mentioned Hearthstone. Uh, things like that, and we'll see what other uh, developers uh, come up with. That's an interesting
1: story to keep a follow of. I've been watching a lot of Hearthstone lately. A lot of people playing it since the new set came out. It's a little more interesting. A lot of people, a lot of like big streamers are playing wild now too, which is pretty cool. Like that's not a common wild thing. for those who don't who aren't down on Hearthstone.
0: Uh, using magic terms, wild would be kind of non-sanctioned. Vintage, format. vintage. It would be all cards are allowed. And then they have they have standard, which is they have rules on which cards you can play. It's to help balance the metagame for ranked and for tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: some cards, they kind of, in the grand scheme of things, are just way OP, so they've banned them and whatnot. They did uh, some big changes that I didn't expect when the new expansion came out, too. Like some cards that are in the original set, which they say the base set won't be messed with. You can always play cards from the base set. They've taken them out of standard. Yep. Like Sylvanas and Ragnaros were talking out of standard. They also gave you a lot of uh, dust. They did. Yeah, I dose. still have like 2,000 dust. I haven't yeah. crafted anything too much yet. So if you recall, I'm going
0: to say, if I had to guess, episode 8 of the podcast, which seems like forever ago, because we're on 39 today.
1: That's a long time. Uh, we
0: talked about this company's kind of D-bags, getting sued by uh Steam. Because they were releasing crap games and they just yeah, like a like, hundred different games. Yeah, but they were all like they'd stole someone else's game, they were getting through left and right. And we were wondering is that big guy look you know, preying on the and that was a pun intended, if you hear about a second, preying on the little guy. Well here we have a potential thing with that. So Bethesda, who has made Fallout, Fallout Giant games. Skyrim. Yeah, they are the <laughs> And they have a new game called Prey, which they've been hyping for two-plus years.
1: Well, isn't this a remake? They've had a game. There was a game called Prey previously.
0: Yeah, I think it is. I don't recall. I know they've been hyping it for two E3s. Yeah,
1: I think it's a it's a revisit to Prey. Because I think Prey was like a release title on the 360 or something like yeah. that.
0: They went after an indie developer called ZeniMax. Because they had a game called Prey of the Gods. And they spelled Prey because it was kind of a... Double entendre, if you will, mm. P R E Y of the gods. Well, they were able to successfully file a trademark complaint, and Zenimax worked out a deal. Is all they would say, they, they came to an agreement to change the name to P R A E Y for the gods. <laughs> Why? Right. <bride? laughs> I, <laughs> this is kind of, I understand. So, part of it, so to, to keep it, keep things transparent. Trademark law actually says you have to enforce it or you lose it. That's part of trademark law. You have to go after people. However, you can't just use... like If I come up with a game called Birds of Prey, am I now...
1: No, Alfred Hitchcock's going to come after you for birds. Yeah. Maybe.
0: <laughs> do, do, is Alfred Hitchcock's estate and Bethesda coming after me? I thought this was a stretch of the word prey, because it... It's not like the game was the issue. It was just the name. They thought people would think it was their
1: game. I think it's just because they're so frontal and trying to put the game out soon. Probably, it's out. the The prey like prey is out. Prey is out. Okay. Prey of
0: the Gods was a Kickstarter. Is a Kickstarter that's been successfully funded. Now, again, transparency. Bethesda said they reached out to them in November of 2015 prior to Zenimax's um, Kickstarter to address this it's it's not that Bethesda didn't do their due diligence, in my opinion. It's the, this is a stretch.
1: Yeah, it seems pretty silly. So if you were
0: to trade back Suburban Scavengers and there's a game called, like, Suburban Off-Road, it's a driving game, even though they're not related, you'd be like, bro, you gotta change your title.
1: Yeah, that's, no, I wouldn't care. But, yeah, I don't know. When it comes to the politics involved in, like, big studios like that, Maybe they had an idea for an expansion that was going to be called, like, Of the Gods. I mean, maybe that was something pre-existing that they had, or something to do with the gods.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: (laughs) Beats me. Well, it can't if it's just adding one letter changed it all. (laughs) Like, you know
0: what I'm saying? I I don't know. I'm leaning towards this is the uh, big guy going after the indie developer, which I try to look at those things through a balanced filter. But... I don't know, man. It, it it feels like Bethesda had better lawyers than Zenimax did.
1: Yeah, I can just see them just shoving them around a little well, bit. Come imagine, on, Punk. Imagine me,
0: you, and Culling made a studio, and we had this cool game come out, successful Kickstarter, and then Bethesda goes, "Change it." What kind of a legal clout do we have to defend that type of stuff?
1: You know, no, we just change it. I can't a, do anything about I that. I have a
0: good friend, uh, Jeffrey
1: who is a lawyer, I'd be like, bro, help. You know what? This may not be so bad for that small studio, though, because we know about it, and I'm sure plenty of other people know about it, because you got this from a news source, I'm going to guess. So So maybe in the roundabout thing, yeah, yeah. Like any news All publicity is good publicity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I, I'd never I would have of, never heard of Xenomax yeah. or Prey of the Gods. Never heard of Prey of the Gods at all. But now I feel like I'm on their side, and maybe other people might sympathize for him, too, and say, what's Prey of the Gods what's all about? What's the Kickstarter about? about? Yeah, they, that could be the deal, as <laughs> Bethesda goes, pimp it everywhere. Yeah, Bethesda's like, we're going to put you in the news, which in turn puts us in the news.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting angle. So, uh, we'll see if anything turns up besides that. I I don't think there's much more to the story. They're just changing their names, and they kind of... It was a very bland response of why we may disagree with certain trademark standards, we have came to, we were against it, but we've come to an agreement with Bethesda. Which sounds super like there's more to the story, but uh,
1: I don't know. I feel like if if they're really forced to change everything, Bethesda should buck up and be like, Alright, we'll get your like hosting and websites and stuff changed for you, since you're not in the wrong. I mean I guess they feel like they are it's it's just kinda stupid. Yeah, it's this weird gray area yeah, kind of bouncing like, in and out of. Because, like, if if that happened to me, all the money and effort I put into boosting this just one specific name, and now I have to change it. Like, now somebody comes in and uh, Marvel says you can't use Doom Ninja Podcast because it has Doom in the name, and we're going to make a Doom movie. Yeah, <laughs> with Doctor Doom. Too late. <laughs> well, no, like a Doctor Doom movie. Oh yeah, not Doom like yeah. the game, but. A I don't fun. know. I don't know. I don't know. Or Fruit Ninja
0: sues our podcast.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, because you have ninja in the name. Can't yeah, can't do that. So uh, it's that's weird. I don't know.
0: So we'll, we'll we'll update it if we get anything new.
1: So Ryan, so game time. Is, that, is that what game it is? Time.
0: So means game time every so week. So means Game
1: time. It also means whoever's in the chat hears so they know games are being given out soon. That does mean
0: that. So every week we give away a game that we talk about. Sometimes we give away extra stuff for participating in Twitch, for submitting titles to the episodes. Uh, we just have extra games sometimes because we talked about them already.
1: Yeah, so, that happened a few times. Participating in Twitch gets you free games. Yes, and it's so easy. You just get here around 9 o'clock when we start, hang out for about an hour, and you'll probably have a free game. <laughs> I mean, the uh, what's the largest raffle we had? Like Maybe like 10 people or something like that? Uh, 13. 13. That was for last month's biggest, like whatever the it was. Absolute largest. Oh, The Witness. We got quite a few people. The Witness? Did we? Was it The Witness? I don't know. I don't remember. I can't remember. I feel like The Witness had a bunch. Anyway, yeah, we gave away The Witness.
0: <laughs> uh, so this week we're talking about a little indie game called Goner. Goner. So it's made by uh, the developers called Art and Heart. And the publisher is Raw Fury Games, which did the game we talked about two weeks ago. Which one was that? Which I'm suddenly
1: blanking on. Holy cow! The game we talked about two weeks ago. <laughs> Give uh, us a second. I uh, have this saved somewhere. Uh, podcast. See, I can go back and reference the podcast it's section. Kind of kill me. Let's we'll see the farting daughter. We got N plus plus. So you're talking about Kingdom? Kingdom. They do Kingdom. Kingdom came with raw Fury games because you said, "Is it going to be done
0: Fury or something after?" Yeah, you made a bad joke. (laughs) But uh, anyway, uh, this game was made by Raw Fury, or published by Raw Fury Games, released in October of 2016. It's available on PC, Nintendo Switch, and Mac OS, which by the way, a lot of games have been coming out that work on the Nintendo Switch. Um, This is a roguelike platformer, which is a very
1: specific kind of genre of game. Yeah, this is what I wanted to make when I first started dabbling with games before Suburban Scavengers and Deskmate and everything. It's pretty much what I wanted to do.
0: It's kind of what I'm making now with Rollout.
1: Yeah. It's a roguelike platformer.
0: Um, So this game is... It's a trip, man. You're this (laughs) kind of green blob thing, and you go through these randomly generated levels. Uh, You have a gun, and you shoot the bad guys, and then Mario-style, you have pipes you go out of, but they're... A monster worm thing you go in the mouth and get pooed out <laughs> <laughs> am i
1: wrong yet i like your description of it well every person has their own way of either sugar or vinegar coating things <laughs> so in my mind it's a fairly simple it has a unique art style like the explosions for instance show like a skull in the explosion it doesn't look like fire it looks like some sort of head appearing out of it. All the enemies
0: are red, and when they explode, it's a red skull kind of bursts.
1: Yeah, yeah. The character definitely is like a humanoid of some sort. It has legs, it has uh, a head, a skull of some sort, and it carries the weapon. So it's not just like a blob floating around. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it looks like humanoid.
0: Yeah, that's, that's fair.
1: The, uh... I mean... Well, I don't know, where do we start? Start from the beginning. When you when you turn the game on, like what 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 are your impressions of it aside from a blob Mario pooped out of a butthole tube?
0: Yeah. That's that's what I thought. <laughs> um well you go right in the game.
1: Like, you turn on, there is no entry. There is just So what let's play. You're the tutorial guy. Did they did they hold your hand enough? <laughs> or did you feel like no, oh, you know
0: why? <laughs> Because <laughs> the effing purple cubes took me forever to figure out A how to get
1: them and B what the hell they were good for. So you couldn't figure out that when you when you move into a cube, you collect it? No, I didn't know what they were for. <laughs> Alright,
0: so when you kill enemies, you get these purple cubes that have different shapes. Almost Just like random dots and lines and things yeah. on them. And there's also in your upper right hand corner five skulls. Now, these skulls represent, which they don't effing tell no, you. No, no, they don't tell you this. you got to figure this out. It's like a combo meter. Yep. If you kill a guy, and then you kill a second guy within a certain amount of time, the, a second skull will light up, and it's just a way to keep... It's I think it's a motivator to press through the game. You get higher points. And then you start dropping more and more of these cubes. Well, you find out after you beat a few levels that these cubes are used to buy upgrades. Uh, health, uh, your different weapon types... However, they have to match the cubes you got. Not from what I saw. See, when I set up a one, it was like, nope. And then when I went on a, the, the health
1: one, it was like, oh, you have that cube. Here you go, buddy. From what I saw, you just have to have the correct quantity of cubes. The lines and dots See, on them do not matter. Did- They're oh, all a single currency. You if you went to buy a gun or something, it could have cost three. Because it shows the number of them above it. In, and it shows the actual cubes. Just like when you die in this game, you can purchase your way back in as a continue. If you don't have enough cubes, it'll fill up as many as it can and then just fizzle off. If you do, it'll actually, when you hit a button, it'll fill the cubes, every cube. So they're actually just a generic currency, no matter what they look like.
0: I'm going to have to go back and check it out.
1: <laughs> I swear to God. It, I it's had it's still weird.
0: Yeah. And then when you... If you get hit, you explode into a, a literal blob this time, into your pieces and you have to go you're like a tadpole thing jumping around to go get the rest of your parts. Uh
1: however, you can when you're that tadpole thing, if you get hit again, well, as the tadpole, you cannot be hit. But if you hit the jump button, your body will reform, and then you can get hit. That's what it is. Or after, like, I think X amount of time, you'll just automatically turn back to your body. It gives you, like, 5 or 10 seconds or something. That gives you a pretty good grace period. But, yeah, you do have to recollect your head, your gun, and your secondary yeah. item. Um, so the levels are randomly
0: generated. It's got a lot of this standard uh, platformer. It's got a double jump feature. It's got a wall jump, like a wall, wall hang, wall jump feature. And just like Meat
1: Boy. Yeah, Like, the uh, you kind of slide slower when you're connected to the wall, and you can jump open. Um, when you do use the double jump, uh, depending on... I don't know what... I couldn't figure out what factors. It acted like there was an invisible platform under you. Yeah, like it, sh- like a platform kind of materializes under you, yeah. which is, seems kind of like the theme of this game. It almost seems like the pl- platforms kind of materialize as you're playing, but it's more of a light-related thing, like yeah, light it's and It's like that
0: game... What's that light, that light game we talked about?
1: The... ink is kind of like this. No,
0: it was the one that you went, you got lower, lower, lower and you had to shoot the, with your bow and arrow and you had to eliminate arrows and you had to shoot the light source. Oh, roguelite. Was it roguelite? It it reminded me of that when half the map's dark and when you get closer, things illuminate. Um, It's a very, if you were to computerize colored pencils, drawings, that's what the art style of the
1: the level design looks like. Sort of. Uh, I mean, not to the same like uh, degree as colored pencils. Having like, if you draw with a colored pencil on a piece of paper, you can see that like the texture of the paper is kind of in yeah. there too. This doesn't really have that. It's like if you flatten that image to a solid color with the colored pencil color, it's it feels something like that. Like a every every image in the game is it's very solid image. There's just multiple layers. Yeah, there for sure.
0: Which I mean, in its in its defense, it's kind of a cool. Like art designer for the game that it's very unique, I have never seen anything that, yeah, kind the of... art is
1: really cool, and I actually followed this game while it was being created through Twitter, like I saw a lot of the posts that the artist was making, of different uh like showing new guns off and the the style of like everything having that wiggle to it and if if it didn't have that wiggle, honestly, it would probably look like garbage, like minor little things like that that make it feel a little more human, yeah, like like a person never sits still. And even if you notice in movies, a camera will like rarely ever sit still completely. Somebody's either holding it or it's zooming. Yeah. Or like slightly panning. Something like that's always happening. And this animator actually draws three frames, from what I gather. They draw three frames of every animation. They just hand do it, kind of roughly get the sketch of it. And then they put them all on top or of over. each other and kind of randomize it. So everything kind of feels a little more alive, yeah. which is pretty cool. That is pretty neat. Um,
0: you can buy upgrades. Um, what else? The music. I I honestly had to turn it way down. It was, <laughs> blew my ears out when I first started the game. Oh, like, so it was only a volume thing that you were worried about? Well, at first, like after get it's
1: it's like the art style in the rest of the game It's kind of quirky music. Oh yeah, it's very strange. Like when the when the uh, the menu came up, I had a similar feel to uh, Mother Russia Bleeds. <laughs> Not to that extent, but when it came on, I was like, all right, I can dig this. <laughs> <laughs> It's like dude, yeah, which weird. is my my little version of hell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I turned it down at first because it was it wasn't like a volume in my headphones. so like I had other things, but I, it was blowing my ears out. And then I turned it down. and I was like,
1: "This is weird." I look. My honestly, my first thought is that Ryan will love the music. Music was okay. Yeah, I, like I didn't feel like it was super great. Like like that menu music was cool. The rest of it is like okay. I can I can dig this. It definitely fits, which is weird because it's a really obscure game. Yeah. the the sound effects and music were really fitting some of the sound effects were pretty funny like the spiky enemies I love the, when the spiky enemies die because they're like Meow! yep you don't expect that like little squeak to come out of that thing uh, did you get to a boss I got to two bosses I couldn't beat the I, first one. I beat two bosses actually I managed to beat the second boss one time I got to it multiple times though
0: um oh in the beginning this whale randomly follows you
1: yeah there's this little baby whale. You know, after you beat the first boss, you, you encounter the whale again, and it brings you to, like, this after-the-boss level where it's just a kind of a hill, and you walk up the hill, and the whale is there, but it's huge. fills the whole screen, and you walk all the way up to it, and it, like, goes, and it gives you a kiss, and a little heart floats in the air, and you can collect it, and it'll refill all your hearts, which is pretty cool. And it's, like, this really calm, ambient music that's playing during it, which it was actually, it was kind of nice. Like, I wish there was more that happened in that area, because I really like the music to it. Especially since, after you beat that level and go to the next one, the enemies <coughs> and music gets get weirder. Oh jeez! <laughs> but I don't
0: know. I don't, I didn't play very. I, I played enough to get to the first boss twice. Could not beat it. Um, but it, it's it's a weird. I'm really picky about these uh rogue platforms. I.
1: Uh, it's got to have something that just makes me, like... Ooh. It's got to give you a bunch of free stuff and, and hold your hand along the way. No. Have you played Rogue Legacy? No. You'd probably like Rogue Legacy.
0: I don't need free stuff and hold my hand. I need a... Here's the basic mechanics of the game. Jump. Shoot. Yeah, but, like, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the cube system and the skull system, like, that's... I don't know. That's something you should be, like... Hey, by the way, this makes a
1: difference. Yeah, but they can't tell you that in this game. Otherwise, it kind of loses a bit of itself, I think. Because the obscurity and the the kind of differentness that it already has, I feel like it would be a little bit lost if it started giving you words. Because like, I feel I like the know. characters should not have words. Like, maybe maybe they don't speak at all.
0: I don't know. Coming out of a sphincter every level, I think would balance that
1: out because that's basically what happens. Oh, <sighs> well, I, I like the kind of <laughs> learning things as you go thing. I mean, uh, I- my my gripe was honestly the difficulty on level two. Like I, I'm I'm fine with trying to do some difficult games, but that is a uh, a little too much. After you beat the first boss, which it's showing that I just beat the first boss on the stream right now, mm-hmm. and you can see the whale. The wheel's going to give me a little smooch. And you'll also notice there's this little skull that's floating around me. It's with, like, oh, yeah. smoke on it. Yeah, yeah. I later found that that is something that collects your items if uh, if uh you're downed. Because in the second level, uh, there's not much ground. You can fall and you can die instantly also when you a lot fall. Of platforms. Yeah. And there are times where if you get hit, your items may fall off. And sometimes if that happens, the skull... If if there's no platform beneath where you fell off, that skull will try to retrieve your items, but will never come back. And you have to literally just platform until you find the next items. Like the next head That's to crazy. give you health. Or the next gun to give you bullets. Or the next reverse like back item to give you whatever bonus they give you. Like the bag gives you reloading ammo. The shark fin gives you like a, a multiple blast type of thing. There's this like caterpillarish looking head that makes an explosion around you. That goes on your back. But it it was kind of interesting from the unknown information perspective of figuring out what the items I got did. Because the heads do something else too. I got like four different heads while I was playing. The base head has five hearts. There's like this big blocky head. I don't know what it did. (laughs) But you have, I think, two hearts with that one. There were two other heads though that I did figure out. And one of them... Is a like a gun on your head, and you get one heart, and it shoots whatever your gun is shooting when you shoot it. You get like oh, double cool. fire, it's a double shot, kind of. Yeah, yeah, a glass cannon because you only get hit once. And then there was a head that was kind of had like little rabbit ear type of things, and it gives you triple jump. Oh, nice! Which yeah, I realized on accident. I was like, did that just make another platform when I hit the button? So that was kind of cool, like figuring that out. Uh, the guns, like you, kind of figured out as soon as you pick them up. Yeah, but that was really aggravating. Getting, like, so far into a level. And you can see, like, right now, that the enemies are much, much different than the first level. Oh, yeah. And, like, that thing that was just shooting at me from the wall, it's, it's super annoying because it always shoots, like, multiple shots and it's really hard to dodge. And... Ugh. But when, you're sh- when your stuff falls off the level and you can't play the game the way that the game should be played, like jumping and shooting and whatnot... I'll see that. I just fell completely well, off the level the and I'm dead. Too. Like, Ugh. dead, dead. But I can pay my way back in. But... It's frustrating when the game changes to only a platformer, and there's so many enemies that you have to deal with, and and it's... You're missing a tool. Yeah. And it's also trying to promote... Like, the game's trying to promote, with the combo system, kill a lot of things within a short period of time, which, you, did you, I don't know if you noticed, if your combo gets up higher, the music will change. No, It'll be, notice. like, more intense. I had the music turned down. Oh, yeah. The music gets a lot more intense. There's, like, two or three different levels of the music uh, intensity. Oh, yeah, I just died again. See that? Yeah. Fall. Dead. Completely dead. It doesn't like give you like a little. Hey, we'll lift you out of here and you know put you on a platform. Like
0: nah. so Koopa on a cloud. No, nope, nothing and- like
1: that. So I-, I did enjoy the game, but level two was just overly frustrating, mainly because of the items being lost. Like when yeah. you fell, there were a couple times where they fell down and like, the little skull went down and actually picked it up, which meant there was probably some sort of hidden platform beneath me. There is a part in the in like the menu or something that says like there are secrets. Hidden or something like that. Yeah. Like levels have secrets. Like well, a
0: lot of platformers, which
1: is I mean, with roguelikes as well. It seems like that's a pretty common thing where they give you a lot of hidden information. So there may be a lot of the game that I just don't, I don't even know about yet. Maybe that would be cooler. I, I may I may still play it again because I did have fun with it and getting past level two was pretty satisfying. Because there's like a ton of turrets at the last boss, and it's like this this big thing with like legs on both sides. It's walking left and right, and it has these. Like weak spots on it. it looked like it had like ten weak spots on it, but you only had to kill four of them. Gotcha. And I ended up like blobbing underneath him, so he couldn't hit me. <laughs> so I don't know where are we going. You wanted for the the rating. You got anything else you want to no. add to it? Uh, I feel like my rating is going to get critiqued. Uh, Two? everybody's everybody's got their own opinion about things. Two, Two?
0: All right, we've, we've we've reviewed quite a few platformers. This is probably my least favorite.
1: Alright. I can see that. Especially since uh, you didn't get too far into it. Uh, I think if it were if it were a game that's a little easier to get farther into, you could see more content and maybe find something that you like more out of that. Yeah, like I d I don't I mean I don't need I don't want necessarily hand
0: holding, I don't want to just breeze through levels, but like it the skill curve seemed to escalate quickly.
1: Yeah, it has to well yeah, something like this has to grab you pretty early to even keep you interested. I yeah. think the average person would probably be that way. Because you don't want to be uh, kind of like kicked while you're down. Yeah. <laughs> well, if, if you're just, on the first level struggling, I mean, what's the rest of the game going to be like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to level 3, and level 3 was pretty uh, crazy. The color scheme changes on level 3. Everything turns white instead oh, of wow. a black background. It's all white. Huh. Which actually, something about the color scheme, that actually, it was a, it was a little bit inspiring to me. Because this is something that I considered at one point. I can I can recreate the way that they do colors in this game. Fairly easily. If they do it anything like the way that I would be doing it, it requires um, all of the objects being white and then overlaying like an image blend of the color that you actually want on top of it. So they have like an image blend of red for all the enemies and the outer level tiles. Mm -hmm. And you can see like an overlay of blue around where the character is moving and like the little light circle, which looks pretty cool. And it makes it so... You can have more variants, like different levels looking differently, easier. Yeah. By just setting that all up from the beginning. Honestly, I would have loved to have done that with Decimate from the beginning. Like after I finished it, I wanted to do different level colors, and I just I would have to recreate all the assets for it. Yeah. Else, screw that. But that was pretty cool. And I definitely like. I think the next thing I work on, I want to do something like that, be it Response or or whatever. Response already has a little bit of that in it. But anyway. So where do you give it? My rating. Um, shoot. I guess overall, as a game, it's like a six, six to a six and a half. It it definitely felt unique for the for the type of game it was, because there's plenty of roguelikes, uh, and I've played through Rogue Legacy, which is honestly reminded me quite a bit of Rogue Legacy. Felt a, a lot. It was a lot more fun because you could get farther into it, and it. Had more variance to the game, but this definitely had like the cutesy art style, and the sounds were really unique. Like mm. the way that they put the sounds together. Even when you go into that tube, it's like does like these weird almost sounds like you're hitting like some sort of tubes or buckets or something. Yeah, everything kind of felt fairly unique in that way, and the music was pretty good, especially that menu music. But the level two, like, really. Turns me off of the game a bit. I also tried, like, they have a daily challenge mode where they just give you a weapon and, like, a head and a back item. And they're like, here you go. See how far you can get. We'll put you on a leaderboard. And, I mean, that was like, I just died instantly in that <laughs> because you have to be a professional by the end. Maybe I'll watch some other people play it and see, like, as the game progresses, if it's going to be worth my time to try yeah. to get farther. Or maybe if I can get a couple cool little secrets if it'll make the game more fun to play. I did for one of the daily challenges get to use a scythe item, which was pretty cool. It does like a big melee circle around you, and also shoots projectiles like single ones, kind of like Link's sword. But overall, it's not super great. It's not super bad. If you're into platformers and or shooters, it's worth checking out. I don't know about at the ten dollar price mark. Maybe it's like five bucks. Um, if you like, well, that's no, I'm, no. Don't give me, don't give me that face. Mm-hmm. I would say it's it's worth checking out for like five bucks uh, if you're into. My yes, shooters. I agree with that. If you're no, not, not, wait till this goes for 99 cents. <laughs> or, or you know, wait until some podcast talks about it and gives away a free copy. <laughs> yeah. Speaking
0: of which, so you gave your rating 6, 6.5. Yep. Mine's a 2. You, you dropped the deuce on it. And that, was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was goner. So for those who are about to potentially win a game, we give away the game on Twitch.
1: Yes, as we record. Monday, nine PM Eastern Standard Time. We do always do a news section and then talk about the game and wrap it up within about an hour. So if you come in that window, get in here, you could get a free copy of next week's game, which we don't know we're playing yet, but we'll we'll let you know when we're going to do the next recording. So Ryan, what's going on with Studio Dombrowski? I'm being a lazy bum. Still, you had a reason to not do anything. <laughs> I didn't have a reason to not do anything. Yeah. But I d- still did not do anything. Like, I did a little bit of card sale stuff, because that's kind of been what I'm trying to put my focus into. When we last talked, was I at level 4 yet, or was I still working my way up there? I think you just hit it. So I just hit level 4. And since then, I uh, I tried to push to get the TCG Pro or whatever the hell they call it, like certified. I can't remember what they call it. But anyway, they let you, they use your inventory to, they like send out things from their they own fill inventory. Other yeah, they fill other orders and they say, here, all these things that were within your inventory, we've already filled, send them to us. And you can get a lot more sales that way. And you only have to ship one box instead of shipping out 15 or you know 50 in some cases. So I was, you know, I really want to do something like that. So we do at work and it seems like it's where most of our money comes from. It also gives you access to buy listing. Which is which would be the best. Literally I could just set prices, people could send their cards to me, and I could just realist them and make money. I mean, who does who wouldn't want to do that? But uh it turns out the uh the stipulations for being able to be a TCG Pro verified or whatever it is seller are are like pretty high. And uh like (laughs) I I sent a message and went through like the pre, you know, type in your name here to verify that you're okay with all the rules and regulations. And then somebody sent a message back, and they're like, you know, I appreciate your interest, but uh, we generally look for people who have a, a, a minimum inventory of 3,000 cards and do at least $300 worth of sales per week. It's like, damn, 3,000 cards. Like, I can't think of 3,000 cards that would have a value over, like, 50 cents. I mean, a lot of your inventory would probably have to be, like, garbage stuff, yeah. which is what I didn't really want to do too much of, because the fees on the back end, like... Just to give you an idea, the minimum amount for an order is $1. You have to get $1 worth of cards per seller in order to have them fill the order. It costs roughly $0.70 to ship a card. To give a $0.49 stamp, top loader, sleeve, envelope, (sighs) paper, print the slip, some tape and whatnot. It's roughly between 65 and $0.70. TCG player will take 8.5% of your uh, of your sale, mm-hmm. and then PayPal takes two and a half percent plus, well, they said 50 cents, but it turns out it's 30. They take 30 cents plus 11 percent gets taken out. So if you sell a card for one dollar, it gets 11 cents minus 30 cents. So that's 41 already, and then 70 cents for shipping. It's a dollar 11, right? Yep. And you pay as a, a card you sold for a dollar. And you probably purchased for forty cents, roughly. I give forty so percent. You're out fifty cents. Fifty cents. Yes. Even I mean, when it gets up to like a couple dollars, you make a little bit, but your margin is pretty small. Like yeah. I posted some sleight of hands recently because I'm not going to use them, and they're like three dollars and fifty cents in the condition that I have them, like moderate. Three seventy is what it sold for, and then they take their percentages. And after that was said and done, it was like seventy cents was their cut. After the thirty cents plus the percentage, and it left me with two ninety nine, and then the envelope and whatnot shipping cost me seventy cents, so that puts me at like two thirty. And if I would have paid forty percent, I didn't. But if I would have, like it's it's roughly well not quite half, but half of three seventy is like a dollar fifty, we'll say. So dollar fifty plus seventy is two twenty, and then two ninety nine was the total that I had after that. So it was seventy cents that I made, which was roughly twenty percent of the mm-hmm. sale. That's crazy. It's not terrible. Yeah. I but it's see. not good. Like, uh, usually, a margin that I want to shoot for is like 30 to 40 percent. That's a pretty livable margin. And on the larger, like, sale items, you definitely get that. You yeah. get more than that on those big ticket items. But if a lot of the inventory is going to be these little nickel and dime cards, uh, before being like a TCG verified seller or whatever it is. You're kind of shafted. You just got to ship out orders at a loss.
0: <laughs> just to get there.
1: Yeah, just to get there. Um, like my inventory is only like 80, like 85 cards right now. Cause I've, I mean, I've, I've filled like 70 orders already. And, uh, I've gotten full positive feedback and I have made money off of it. But now it's just like a kind of a stagnant point. Which leads me to like, now I got to figure out if I want to, like really approach trying to get large amounts of inventory to list and what I should filter through the said inventory because I also have to pull in $300 a week, which means I'm going to have to pay $500 a week. <laughs> yeah. So I I just I don't know. I just don't know how feasible it is to, to get to that point. I don't know if it would be better to like really hope for the, the ability of having the buyout of the business that I'm working for right now to like take over their yeah. their portion of it uh, yeah I don't know what to feel about that but I do need some extra money so I'll probably like try to buy collections or something like that and filter through it and see if I can get some money uh, I don't know maybe there's some like larger events like uh, scG or grand Prix or something where I can go with a trade binder and like a pocket full of cash and be like I buy cards. Like have something on my shirt that says like I, I'll buy some cards. Yeah, and just use my phone to figure out what the market price is and and try to buy as much as I can there. Because if I could buy as much as I bought, like this one last sale, like per week, cost me like four hundred dollars, and I've already come out over two hundred ahead. That would be great. Like add that on to what i'm making now i'd be making like an actual normal person's wage (laughs) yeah (laughs) instead of the barely over minimum wage but i guess that's the dream uh and maybe i can get there at some point but i feel like that's going to require having a storefront honestly to get enough people coming to me and to have like enough advertising avenues out there without stepping on the toes of the person i'm working for right now so that's that. Uh, other stuff I've done, just life related, not a hundred percent like game related, but I play a lot of games and things <laughs> in my life, so it might be of interest to people. Uh, we've been getting people into Cardfight Vanguard. I don't know if you've heard of it, but uh, it has a TV show as well, kind of like Yu-Gi-Oh, yep. and uh, it's actually still going. They're making new episodes of it, and we started a tournament type of thing, like just casual tournaments on Tuesdays, and a few people bought some decks, and you know, since it's been so frontal. I bought some more cards, and I went over, like, the comprehensive rules, which, if you have ever tried to look at, like, the comprehensive rules of Magic, (laughs) it can be pretty daunting. Any comprehensive rules of a game like this can be pretty daunting. It was 28 pages, and it had, like, very specific, like, lawyer talk through the whole thing. It was a little confusing, but I feel like at the end of it, I, I figured out pretty well. I took, they don't have a judge test online. They only had a window in, like, February that was open but I'll, I'll probably try to take a judge test in the future. I took, like, an equivalency of somebody else that's taken the, the judge test or maybe had a copy of it. They have they made their own version of it. And I got, like, an 80 on that, which I don't feel was awful because that all the questions were, like, specific card-oriented and they only gave you links to a, a site that had the cards on it. So you could not see, like, the board states and stuff, which made it a little more confusing. Yeah, Because they're like, if this card is attacking this card and then this card gets removed from the game... What happens to this card? Like, what is the what is the power and how does the damage resolve or whatever? And I have to like click between the windows and see what all the cards do and remember like, okay, this is the one that's here and this is the one that's here. Whereas if I was looking at the board state and it's like this is attacking, I'd be like, oh yeah, well that's easy, that's you know extra four thousand. Yeah. So I felt like I got a little bit hosed on on questions like that. It almost felt like a driving test. Like, do everything you would do if you were going to the store here. The, they they got yeah. me on this in the driving test you pull over you put it in park and they're like is that everything that you would do I was like yeah I mean yeah we're gonna continue the test right I was like yeah and at the end I was like oh I deducted a point because you didn't take the keys out of the ignition I was like motherfucker I didn't get out of the car either yeah like <laughs> asshole that should be that should be a given excuse my language sorry go to geek guys yeah <laughs> just a little bit of flashbacks to my driving test forever ago <laughs> uh also recently uh a little bit of my time has been spent helping my my mom do some moving she's going through some rough patches at the moment and i I definitely gotta be there for her so that was a priority uh played played and built decks for vanguard i purchased some cards from vanguard (laughs) actually too many i've I've splurged too much but i kind of feel like like Market research. There's, there's, well, I yeah, am. There's plenty of times where, like, you convince yourself, you're like, I deserve this. It's been, you know, I, it's been a long time since I've treated myself, and I deserve this. And it was honestly, it's been, like, a month or so since I spent, like, any money on myself. Like, yeah. I've literally been saving everything and, like, keeping myself from getting food out other places. Like, I have ramen at home. I'll eat the ramen. <laughs> like, some some lady gave me some free ramen when I went to work one day. She's like, you want this? It's like, sure. It's like a pallet of ramen. Nice. So I was like, all right, I'm getting cheap meals for a while. So... I bought a box of Vanguard like token Rambu, which wasn't even like something I was super hyped about a little bit. And one of the cards I pulled was like thirty six dollars. The box the box cost me forty. And it gave me a couple cards. But what sucks is the card that was like $36 is like a super rare version of a card that I would have liked to have been able to use. But since it's $36, I'm like, hell no, I'm not using that. I'm selling that. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> why would I ever use that? So sure, it was sure. a little bit of a bummer because it was a, a specific card type that the deck didn't have. And I was like, man, I, I wish I would have pulled one, you know, so like that I could have used, but whatever. I've, I've bought other card types for other decks and I can still do that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, also this week, Well, these past couple weeks, I haven't really done anything game related, so I didn't make any Patreon posts. Because there wasn't a podcast. I wasn't working on game stuff. There's no video or anything like that. There's like no content that I was really putting out. So when I don't do a Patreon post, nobody gets charged anything. So it's another thing to keep in mind is generally I'm trying to put out content weekly. And when there's content there, I will make a paid post through Patreon. But if there's not content there, I'm not just going to say. Fate for the money. Paid post. Take, I'm taking your money. Yeah. You don't have to worry about anything like that. So uh it, the patreon is supposed to be a place like that where you're kind of held accountable and you are you're paid for creations like for what you're doing yeah so and part of me <laughs> part of me wants to make like some creative things that aren't even 100% game stuff just things that are creative like maybe some music or whatever but i don't i still don't feel like like i don't know if i should even put that on patreon either like this is what i'm working on creatively but if it's not what you were interested in from the beginning i don't know it's a little that bit of a gray sense. area. Yeah. But, I mean, right now with the main people that are supporting me, I don't think they would care there. I think honestly, they'd just be like, if this only said I give you money every week, that would be fine. But I still feel bad about it. So, um, Nate, did you manage to get anything done? Man. Well, <laughs> we had family <laughs> come in like
0: the, so why we didn't have a podcast last week is father in law came in for a few days and then, right after he left, basically, another and a different set of kind of like adoptive parents to me came in. And that's where our whole, my whole week was spent hanging out with family for the last, I'd say almost 10 days to the point my wife is slightly familyed out. Uh, actually, me too. I don't want to put on her. It's me too. Um, but I did nothing. I played some games just because it was, you know, I couldn't sleep or, uh, my daughter's really into Roblox right now, so I played some Roblox and we played, um, some Disney Infinity too. Well, Disney Infinity 3, technically, but. <laughs> Disney Infinity <laughs> also. Yes. I played Disney Infinity. We, uh, we found a really, Walmart had a sale on some ones we were missing. We we're trying to get them all. Pokemon style. And Walmart had some for three bucks and we got like nine of them. So. <laughs> It was a, a whole bunch of... Some of them were completing sets we had. So, like, we had all the Star Wars things, but one. Now we have all the Star Wars ones. We were missing one Guardian of the Galaxy and some, some little ones. Um, so that was honestly my whole week. I wish I was more productive. I didn't even really talk to uh, the artist for the game. I was kind of just so busy and really didn't follow up with that. So uh, I'm not going to have many weeks like this intentionally. Like that, I feel so unproductive on other things. Because now I just felt like all I did was work, visited family, and didn't really get to try to build and create, which is kind of the outlet, outlet for stress and stuff for me.
1: No, you got the whole spinning thing now. Yes, yeah, so I got a, stress- a fidget <laughs> toy. Stress
0: outlet. Fidget spinner, which <laughs> I during the show, and I don't know where it went.
1: But uh, I have ADD really bad.
0: If you awesome. ever watch... let's play your right foot. Oh, uh <laughs> If you ever w- This is really be- engaging audio. Yeah. If <laughs> you ever watch me on the live stream when Ryan's talking? I am listening, but I am looking everywhere, and it's trying to focus on the camera. Like, I could repeat everything Ryan said, but it's it's painful. So, like, now I have a little fidget spinner, which if you're watching the game, us kids have them, but it actually helps. Uh, it's helped me multiple times since I got it. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. It's time for the podcast plug. For keeping all of the podcast fluid in its reservoir. On Better Podcasting, Stargate Pioneer and Stephen John Drew share podcasting tips, tricks, and other podcast-related information with the goal of helping hobbyist podcasters
1: make their show the best it can be. If you're making a podcast, there's a ton of advice to be had in Better Podcasting. Released weekly on Tuesdays and streaming Fridays at 3.30 Pacific Standard Time. Check out this podcast and more at gunageek.com. That's it for this week's episode, Ryan. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at r underscore Doombrowski, at Facebook at Doombrowski, and at Doombrowski.com. You can also find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Doombrowski. Fans on Patreon get special rewards, including podcast shout-outs, inside information, free games, and early access to podcast episodes. Special thanks to my elite patrons, Patty Burnham, Colton Daniels, and Sandra Strickland. Nate, where can they find you? I'm on YouTube, Twitter,
0: and Facebook, all under The Ninja Fat Man, T-H-E-N-I-N-J-A-F-A-T-M-A-N.
1: You can also find our podcast on SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Doombrowski.com. You can also find us on the Gunna Geek Network at GunnaGeek.com. And check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Doom
0: Ninja Podcast and our Twitter at Doom Thank you for listening. May your headbands be tight and your XP plentiful. Booyah.
1: You had a thing in your mouth, so I felt like I needed to take over.